Hey everyone, welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson, and this week I'm joined by special guest Greg Sabori, who is the founder and co-owner of Teaching Textbooks. You'll notice that my dad, Todd, is not with us this week, but we're hoping this is the last week where he will have to miss for a while. Before we get started, I want to thank Teaching Textbooks for sponsoring this week's podcast, but that isn't why we had Greg on the show. What he has to say is encouraging, regardless of him being a sponsor. So, let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Um, as I said just a minute ago, uh, my dad is not here in this week. Uh, he is in uh, Maryland at the Sandy Cove uh, Homeschool Camp, which is an amazing place. You need to go check it out if you haven't uh, haven't haven't heard of it or been there before. Uh, it's they have so many activities, tons of fun stuff to do. Uh, it, it was always one of my favorite things doing growing up, uh, going to growing up, uh, and their food is in, incredible. So there, he's gone there for the whole week, so I'm holding down the fort here. Um, but we have an amazing guest this week, uh, Greg Sabori, who is one of the co-founders and co-owners with his brother Sean of Teaching Textbooks, which, as you know, is our sponsor. But um, the sponsorship is not didn't really have anything to do with having him on the show. Um, ever since we came up with the idea of The Smiling Homeschooler, uh, we wanted to have Greg on the show because... Um, we believe in the we have many of the same beliefs as them um, in approach to homeschooling and math um, but homeschooling and just in general uh, so he's got a lot to say uh, a lot of great stuff to share um, but first Greg I was wondering if you'd be able to uh, just tell me a little bit about how you got started and uh, your background uh, my brother and I started uh, teaching textbooks together but before we uh, started the company we ran a very small private school for uh, academic students and we had grades 6 through 12 and for all those grades there were about 15 students we did it for several years but each year there was about 15 students and it it was really more of a one-room schoolhouse type environment and what we quickly realized was you can't run a school like that the way you do larger schools with a classroom and everybody doing the same thing we had to allow the students to learn independently in order to just keep things afloat. When we switched to that, we began to recognize the advantages of independent learning and of giving students uh, work that's best suited to their needs. We had quite a few people who were interested in the school. They would come in and visit, and often they would comment that what we're doing is a lot like homeschooling. We knew some about homeschooling back then. We didn't know a whole lot, but then as we studied further, we, we realized, yeah, they were right. This is pretty similar to homeschooling. And so that's how we got interested in homeschooling. We recognized that homeschooling gives the family the flexibility to customize the learning around each individual student, which is far superior academically than the one-size-fits-all approach that takes place not just in public schools, but also in private yeah. schools. And so that's that's how we made the switch over to homeschooling. We, 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 we believed in independent learning, but we felt like there was a need for different curriculum materials to make it really work well. And so the concept of teaching textbook is there's a textbook, but then we include all of the teaching, in addition to just what would normally be in a printed book, we include all of the teaching necessary for a student to just teach himself. And then that's what frees up a homeschooler to allow uh, her students to go on different tracks. 
and, and, and reap all the benefits of independent learning and customized learning. So recently we had a Facebook post um, where we talked about uh, how saying you will not think about homeschooling, you will not think about homeschooling and so on. And one of our comments was from a mom who sounded maybe a little bit stressed, but here's what she said. We were playing catch up, so there will not be not thinking about homeschooling. Actually, math and science have to be completed. You cannot move forward in math if you don't do it at all. My daughter has to, my daughter has to finish di- uh, biology. Her future depends on it. She starts dual enrollment in August. There is no putting it off or just stopping. If my kids are little, no big deal. Save it for the following year. High school doesn't work that way. So we thought that would be a great question for you, since um, uh, you know you you obviously teach math, you uh, have done you know, very advanced college. So we thought you you'd have a great insight to that. So what would you say to a mom like this, or to this mom specifically? Uh, my comment to the the lady who who did the Facebook post is that she's probably stressing out too much because she's worried about getting through that uh, biology book and doing every every lesson. And the, the point I would make about textbooks is they always are stuffed full of topics because most textbooks are written for schools. Even the textbooks that are used a lot in homeschools in many cases have been designed uh, primarily for schools because that's the biggest market, you know, uh, 90% or ni- 95% of all students are still in some kind of a, a, a classroom-based uh, school. And the way the textbook companies think is they want to include every possible topic in that book in case there's some teacher who wants to cover it that year. They want that topic in there or otherwise the teacher will choose a different book. And then they understand that the teacher is going to pick and choose which topics to do, which lessons to do, which lessons not to do, which exercises to do, which exercises not to do. And so that's why those books are so big. They've got every kind of imaginable topic in there. They have lots and lots of exercises. But what happens in a homeschool setting is the homeschool mom is not sure and thinks, well, I better just do the whole book because I don't want to have any any gaps. And then they're frantically trying to get through this book and they're doing far more work than what any student in a a traditional school is doing so i would say relax do the work that you uh, that your student has time for students going to be able to get through plenty of biology the important thing is to understand the basic concepts not to necessarily do every topic every Mm -hmm. lesson every exercise and just relax and don't worry your students going to do great in the dual enrollment course I always felt like, just from my own experience, like it was kind of a bell curve, right? Like you started out review, went up into new content, you know, for the majority and then dropped back down into review towards the end. Like I never felt like it was like, here's a bunch of new concepts you've never even heard of for the last month right before the end of school. I I just felt like that was never the case, you know, and I think a lot of moms think that, well, they've got to learn those last two, you know, two, two pages in the book are going to have all new stuff in it. There's tremendous repetition from year to year, and that's not just in math, that's in every subject. And there's a need for some repetition. Mm-hmm, for I'm sure. not saying that you, know, you just learn it once and you're done and you remember <laughs> it forever. I but wish. Because mm-hmm. it causes so much repetition, there's no reason to stress out if you miss something one year. You know, I talk, uh, I, I tell the story of a, of a uh, homeschool mom who was worried 
because uh, she said, you left out uh, graphing. You didn't put graphing in your math seven. And then that's, that's a uh, requirement in our public school district that we have to have graphing in, 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 in math seven. And I said, well, we didn't uh, include it because we felt like the student wouldn't understand it as well at that level. And we introduced it in pre-algebra, but we have it in pre-algebra, algebra one, geometry, algebra two, and pre-calculus. <laughs> That's five years covering yeah. the same concept. Now, yes, each year we cover harder aspects of graphing, but we always go back over the entire uh, concept from the ground up every single year. So you are getting that same thing five years in a row. Surely that's enough. You don't need to stress out if you didn't get it a sixth time in math seven. But and when I when I said that, she started laughing because people <laughs> are not aware that, that there's this much repetition. There's this idea that every single lesson is a unique topic. And if you miss a lesson, you're not gonna learn something that's gonna be critical to your future down the road. And it's just not true. I'm going to take a quick minute to thank Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of the best math curriculums available, and our family has used Teaching Textbooks for many years, and we've loved it. Their new 3.0 version of the curriculum is better than ever, and you can access it from Windows, Macs, Chromebooks, and even smartphones. Each and every math problem is explained and demonstrated in an easy-to-understand way that takes the stress and the responsibility away from you. Teaching Textbooks stores your child's grades so you can easily ensure that they are learning, and you can check their progress. Teaching Textbooks makes math fun, and you can visit their website, teachingtextbooks.com, and check out a free trial and do a sample lesson. Regardless of them paying for this sponsorship, we really do believe in their program, and we've used it for our family, and it's our math program of choice. So I'd really encourage you to go check them out. Thanks to Teaching Textbooks for all their support. Obviously, you guys offer many different levels of math, and this is a question that we didn't didn't give you ahead of time, but I, ha I kind of had this question. Um, because my mom has talked to you about this in the past for some of our kids. Um, but do you think every kid should do all types of math and every mom should cover all maths during high school? Not every ever out there, but you know, all the... No, it depends on the goals of the student. I don't think every student should do the same thing in any subject. It, it just depends on the goals of the student. Not everybody needs to go all the way through, through pre-calculus. Uh, it, it, it's 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 just going to depend on the on the student. Uh, I think that if you want to go to college, and it, there are a lot of different kinds of colleges, of course, but if you want to go to college, it's a good idea to cover algebra one and geometry, and if you can, algebra two. But you don't necessarily need to do pre-calculus. If you're going to college, you're going to either take the ACT or the SAT. A lot of people don't uh, know that those are, are fairly basic tests. They have a lot of, in the math section, they have a lot of just arithmetic, mm -hmm. you know, just basic you know, fractions, decimals, percents, that sort of thing. Uh, there's quite a bit of Algebra 1. There's some Algebra 2. There's not a whole lot of geometry. Uh, for example, proofs are the hardest part of geometry. There are no proofs on either the SAT or the uh, uh, ACT. And then almost no pre-calculus, just a few problems. So if you're in pre-calculus, you're doing work for the entire year pretty much mm -hmm. that's above what you encounter in an ACT or an SAT exam. So 
no, you need to just think about your goals and then decide how many math courses you want to do. I feel like that is an incredibly freeing answer for a lot of people because it's just do what what everyone's you know common knowledge I think they think even though it may not even be um, so uh, just like the mom in the post I know we have moms who are listening that you know are freaking out when they're coming to high school so maybe they already are and you know have kids in high school and they are currently freaking out or they have kids who are nearing that point. Um, You've talked in the past about how high school you think is the best time to homeschool. Why do you believe that it is the best? I, I used to give a workshop uh, whenever I was, was doing those uh, called high school is the best time to homeschool. And the reason that I thought that then and still do is because it's in high school that you can truly leverage your flexibility as a homeschooler and customize the learning for each child. That's where you have the biggest advantage over a classroom uh, school environment. When you're in that high school age, you're old enough to start to identify specific areas or fields where you think you might ultimately want to work one day. And so we've always felt like it's a good idea to start to narrow your focus in that particular field. You can still cover all of the courses that you're required to take uh, given the regulations of your state, but you can adjust the content of those courses and increase the amount of work you're doing in the field that you think you may ultimately want to work in. You also have the ability to, to change the schedule and the, the amount of time that your student spends working on different things, and that can have a huge impact. For example, whenever we ran our school, the students were academic, and they all wanted to go to college, and many of them wanted to go to selective colleges. And so one of the things that we did was we created a course every day, and we started this uh, with, we started students on this course whenever they were quite young, they were like seventh or eighth grade but you wouldn't need to do it that early. You could start it maybe in ninth or so. We had this course every day called Basic Skills. And what they did was do six math problems from the SAT or the ACT and six uh, language arts problems or questions mm -hmm. from either the SAT or the ACT. And we picked those out from test prep books and we chose problems or questions that were on material that they had already covered at that stage in their learning because they're not all, since they're not in high school yet, they're not close to graduating, they might not have covered something. So we chose the uh, problems that were on the test that they could handle and we gave them time to do those every single day. It was the first thing we did in the morning. And so you could think of it as a long-term test prep course. And doing that day in and day out had a huge impact their scores were off the charts but that's the kind of thing it's simple and it's it's just common sense and obvious if you're wanting to go to a selective college that's the kind of thing it's very difficult for a school to do because it doesn't fit in with their schedule so here again if you have that flexibility as a homeschooler you can adjust your schedule you can help the student concentrate in areas of interest and spend more time on things that are more important and less time on things that aren't as important. So this is also a question that I uh, is not written, but 
you know, you guys are very, um, you know, academic background. You're, you're both, I believe you're both Harvard grads. Um, if I remember correctly, I, I went to Harvard, uh, and I, I, I went to Harvard and then Sean went to Swarthmore. Okay. Okay. And so what about to the mom, you know, who maybe one of her kids is, you know, is academic, you know, wanting to do something similar to that. But what about a child who maybe isn't, you know, do you think then that changes it? What would you say to someone? Is that, you know, should every child be that, you know, is that the aspiration for everyone? No, absolutely not. And there, and, and college has become so expensive that I think it's smart to look at that from an investment standpoint right. and ask yourself whether or not you're getting a good value because in many cases, uh, uh, students are not. Uh, it depends on what they want to do. It depends on how uh, focused they are. I think it's right. it's somewhat dangerous to go to college without any direction at all. Yeah, uh, you're less likely to graduate. Uh, if you do graduate, it's going to take longer. It's going to get more expensive, and there are many ways to succeed other than going to college. That's mm -hmm. that's for sure. And so I I would not say that every student uh, needs to go to yeah. college. Awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna do. Uh, I don't want to keep you any longer here because I know uh, we're you know you're busy. So, do you want to tell people how maybe they what you would have them reach out to you guys? You know, do you want them to if they have questions, if they have any anything like that, um, just go to the website and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, of course uh, they're welcome to go to our website. We have a lot of information. We have a lot of samples for our products on our website, and then we have. Uh, customer service, very knowledgeable uh, people who answer the phones and can answer any questions that you might have have there. Uh, also on our website, we have placement tests uh, that can help you to gauge what level you should start with if you're moving from another uh, curriculum or if you're considering teaching textbooks for the first time. And so we'll, uh, we just uh, welcome you to, to, to visit us in, in whatever uh, uh, form makes the most sense. And if it says anything about how great a math curriculum is, I mean, I, I got into teaching textbooks. Bef so my first one I did was math seven. And at the time it was, I guess, 2.0 because it, you know, it was it was DVD based and or computer based, I should say. It was awesome. I love that. Then I switched over to pre-algebra and algebra and all that, which was mostly textbooks based. And then you just watch the lecture. And I've always like you know, normally I would never have cared, but because of seven was so awesome at the time, it was completely interactive and everything. I always was so bummed that I missed out because I started all those and I completed them the year before you re-updated them all. And I was so bummed. I mean, I literally think about this all the time. <laughs> did the upper level courses first. Mm -hmm. And so those did not have automated grading. And then right. when we did math seven and we went seven, six, uh, five, four, three, all, we automated the grading there, and then we came back and yeah, automated. Yeah, exactly. I missed out all of those by just a year, and I, I, I've always been like, "Darn, that was awesome!" Because part of what's so cool is for me was I had to participate while it was being taught, and I had to answer every breakdown of each thing, as opposed to just here's this huge concept of this formula. Good luck. It was you know you guys would walk you through each step, and I really I really appreciated that. So. Well, thanks for joining us today, Greg, and for being willing to uh, share on the podcast. I'm sure many moms will find what you had to say super encouraging, and we really do appreciate you uh, taking the time out uh, to, of your day to be on here. So thanks so much, and we'll have to definitely have you back on in the future.
Thanks for listening. I hope what Greg had to say was encouraging to you and helped take some of the stress of teaching high school away. We really do encourage you to go check out teaching textbooks over at their website. They have affordable pricing and you can check out a free trial. Have a wonderful week and as always, keep smiling. Huh.